Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight. Presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. All right, here we go. Welcome to it. Broncos Country Tonight. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright, 303-713-8585 is our phone number. 56690 is our KOA Health text line. Also, you can leave us a message on the iHeartRadio app. That's right. Click on the microphone in the upper corner, stream the station, and that talkback feature. We'd love to hear from you uh, as well. At Albright NFL, at our average radio, the station, of course, at KOA Colorado. Hi, Benjamin. Hello, sir. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah? Yeah. Had a chance to see my mom uh, this weekend. Yeah. Had a chance to, uh, she's in town one more night, so after the show, I'll get to hang out with her a little bit longer. And- Is it a little weird because there's so many buildings and, you know, like skyscrapers and I'm just kidding because she's from, <laughs> she's from farmland, isn't she? Like, like that. They, they told- live on top of a mountain in Montana. Yeah. Like you've told me about like, like, uh. What the, the farm animals or well, something? Well, they had a traffic jam the other day. Two cars passed each other on the on the, the road. <laughs> so you knew where I was um, going with this, right? So, and if you're listening right now, hi mom. Um, yeah, they had a traffic jam in uh, in Roundup, Montana, yeah. when, uh, when two cars passed two. each other at two uh, seventeen p.m. on uh, Route Five. I wonder if they there. have like a, a chopper sound effect when yeah, they do jet the copter. Yeah, Dave Hunter. Hey. <laughs> You know, there's some cattle down the road. Nope, nope, they're in the pen. Never mind. Holy cow, two cars just passed each other. Yeah. We got to, hey, 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 whoa. Might want to slow down a little out Getting there. Getting a little jammed up out there. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Mm-hmm. No, they, uh, yeah. They, like, they, they like the, donkeys or something? Like, like the, do they have, like, They used to have horses a pair or, of donkeys and yeah, a horse. Yeah, that's okay. Okay, okay that I remember stuff. that. Yeah. I listen when you talk. Right. I just couldn't think of the animal. Mm-hmm. Anyways. They, uh, yeah, they, yeah, they drove the, the big old pickup truck down here nice. and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yes. 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 So, you, can, you, know, my you mom, have to have one. Right, right. How do you, you know. even get around, right? Right. And it's my mom's pickup truck, by oh, the way. It's awesome. It's a Hemi, I think. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Joe Dirt, it's a Hemi. It's a Hemi. Um, which is funny because my mom is like five feet tall. Mm-hmm. So driving a big old pickup truck is funny to me. Well, uh, Mrs. I, I'm excited that your mom is in town. And uh, I hope she enjoys the show tonight. We have a lot to get to. Of course, the Avalanche playing tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. Potential elimination game for the Oilers on their home ice. What will they throw at the Avs tonight? Certainly looking forward to this game. And the Avalanche have a chance to close this thing out and sweep. And and they still, again, not to jinx them, they still have not lost on the road in this postseason. So, like I told you on Friday with the Avalanche, they're not going to be scared of any of these moments. This isn't an overwhelming anything for the Avalanche. They've, they've had their eye firmly fixed on getting to the next round this entire time. So I, I don't think whatever Edmonton throws at them, whether they're going to get chippy, whether it gets kind of sideways on them, I don't think the Avalanche really care about that. This is a business trip, which I appreciate. I hope. I hope that's what it is. I, I hope they go out and they handle business. But they, that's how they've been the whole time. They like, have. They have. Um, anybody that tries to get under the skin, they just go, okay, that's what you're going to do. See, like, 
Nazim Kadri, right? Mm-hmm. He gets they knocked didn't retaliate out. on that. They, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it, like, like most of the time, it's like, hey, you're under our skin. We're gonna retaliate. We're mm-hmm. gonna do something stupid and cheap, and we're gonna put ourselves I mean, in the penalty there, box. There was a couple of plays yeah. that were. I mean, and I don't even think they were borderline. They were. They were. They were obviously aggressive, like putting guys, you know, kind of into the wall or whatever. But you know, I don't. I didn't think they really retaliated. It wasn't anything that looked like obvious retaliation. Not at least to the point of putting themselves at a disadvantage. Right. Not not anything that would penalize you. So. Exactly. So that's where I'm coming back to this. And, hey, we said this from the Blues series. Like, it comes from leadership. Mm-hmm. The, the way that you uh, approach the game, fundamentally, the way you look at things, Jared Bednar has got these guys looking at it the right way. He's mm-hmm. got these guys playing as though our focus is on winning a championship, not to show up or get revenge in a small manner. Mm-hmm. But again, they would be like, you know, Evander Kane, who, again, just a brutal moment there for Nazem Kadri. He is going to be out. He had surgery today. He's going to be out for the foreseeable future, possibly the remainder of this season, including mm-hmm. whatever the next round would be. He, he said on Instagram, we'll see. He did the Steve Atwater, we'll see. We'll see. see. But that's at least what it looks like right now. And Evander Kane only misses one game. I I I think it was a Bush league by Evander Kane. I think it was obvious, and it was obviously intentional. At the same time, um, you know, I think the punishment fits the crime. They got the five-minute major. He gets the one-game suspension. I think that's going to suspend him for the season anyway. But, you know. Um, I, yeah, I mean, the I, I, tonight, I'm okay. it's over. I'm okay with it, you know, as far as that goes. I'm not, I, there are people up in arms. It should be more and all this kind of stuff. I, I'm, I'm not one of those, you know, those kind of people. You get the one game suspension. Kane's always been a guy that was borderline dirty. Kadri was a guy that's, that's been, had accusations of being dirty. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, the one game, I think it's fitting. I, I, my main thing is Kadri's health and can he come back? I'm, I'm less concerned with punishment and more concerned with is this dude okay? Well, and I, I know this becomes, this is a pretty common sports talk debate, right? About matching the injury time missed on the field or ice or court or whatever it is with the suspension, right? Because it ends up being a bit of a win for Edmonton. If they could survive this game, they're going to get Evander Kane back by next week or by the next game. But Nazem Kadri's out. So it's it's a bit of a win for for Edmonton all around because they took out one of the Avalanche best players in the process. Mm-hmm. But there is nothing in any sport that says, hey, if this guy, if somebody intentionally knocks another player out of a game or, or longer, they should serve a suspension similar to what the player is going to be out. That, that Again, it's, I know it's a sports talk conversation. It never is going to probably end up being that. But these are the circumstances where it's like, man, I kind of wish that existed. I kind of wish it existed out there where, hey, Nazem Kadri is going to miss potentially the rest of the Rangers season. So should Evander Kane. Mm-hmm. Because his injury to Nazem Kadri clearly impact, it, it impacts this game, could potentially impact the Avs for the remainder could of the playoffs. Could impact series, but at the end yeah. of the day, I mean, what, what's the CBA punishment on all that? What are the CBA, what, right. you know, they, they went through the, they went through the, they went through the board and, and that's that was the recommendation. So uh, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I get it. We all want blood, but at the end of the day, I mean, that that's the punishment. That's what the board decided. That's that's where we're at. And it, if we're being honest, I think the Avs are going to win tonight. And I think that's going to be, he's he's suspended for the rest of the season anyway. So it just, right. it just, it just sucks because it's not going to make Kyle Suspending Evander Kane for three games versus one isn't going to make Kadri come back. And and to me, that's the only thing that makes a difference. At the end of the day, is uh, I don't care about recompense. I care about is the, the player healthy and able to come back. And if he's not and there's nothing that can do that, then what's the point? I think Frankie is starting tonight. 
in hey, the I may have been wrong on the on the Kemper thing. I, I thought he was starting though. It was it was kind of intimated that he was going to be certainly uh, certainly available and, uh, and and that he might might be playing. So we'll see. Maybe that maybe Frankie gets a start if he lets it in. They swap him. I, I you know I don't know. I, I was looking at Al Albright in NHL, and that's just a bot. So I'm not really sure. Is that a real thing? Does it even <laughs> exist? I was just joking with Dave and Al. I, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about this, and we'll we'll see if the Avalanche. Which, by the way, I I it's like the the same mindset that Phil Rivers always had when he came to Denver. He just loved playing on the road. Mm-hmm. Like boo him, be be angry at him because the best revenge is winning the game. Like mm-hmm. the way the way hey, I I I like that mentality, and this team seems to have that mentality. This Avs team, they, they don't care if, if, if it's on opponent's ice mm-hmm. and you're booing them or you're, you're saying all sorts of awful things. They're out there to win a game. And, well, yeah. and, it, and that, that's just, that's their mentality. That's their approach. Yeah. And Philip Rivers was always like that. He loved coming to play a mile high. Boo him all you want. It almost fueled him. I always love that mentality. Yeah. I, I love that. I've always loved, you know, hey, boo me. That's going to make me, you know, that's going to, that's going to motivate me more, you know? So um, yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I get that. I'm glad this Avs team's able to kind of adopt that mentality too as a team because a lot of times you get an individual like that, but it's tough to get a, t- a whole team that'll do that. Usually you got one guy that just hates that and gets under skin, and, you know, and then he says something dumb to the crowd or whatever. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad they've kind of been able to adopt that as a team. I do think they'll close it out tonight. I, I can't see, you know, I, I think you've got an Edmonton team that's it's pretty beat down mentally, honestly, from this series. You know, they gave them everything they had in game one. Edmonton gave the Avs everything they had in game one, still couldn't come out on top. And then you look at the next two games, the Avs handled them. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't particularly close. Yeah, I mean, the, the Avs got a couple of nice bounces. Speaking of that uh, JT Comfort goal, right after it hits the post, he comes out of the box. Mm. I mean, you were talking about getting the bounces. The first, the Nachuskin goal at the beginning off the skate yeah. of Nurse, but then later on, they're the on comfort, the, the, yeah, the, Oilers the, are on the power play. They hit the post. It ricochets back out. Comfort comes out of the box. It comes just, right to like, him. Hey, and he just, just walks it up. Right. He didn't even know it went in. Yeah. Oh, it was a, it was a glorious moment. I, I, even I'm sitting there like that. That really happened. Yeah, the accidental goal or whatever. Yeah, it was. It was just you know, it, 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 things have just bounced that way, and I think that that wears on another team. You know, you think about it. You think about. Knowing that you're overmatched in terms yeah. of in terms of players, you th- you think about that, and you go into a game, you're like, well, you know, if we catch a few breaks, if our guys are having on, we catch a few breaks, we can make this happen. And then the team that has the personnel advantage starts catching the breaks on top of it. Man, that is so demoralizing. Mm-hmm. It is so you're know, like, man, we cannot get a break. Now, I will tell you that can flip on a dime if you get a break early. Well, that, and that's the thing about this is I thought Connor McDavid scoring early mm-hmm. on that soft goal that yeah. basically just went right by Frankie. Yeah, glove side, he just just missed it. They were and they've been going glove side too. Yeah. It's interesting they've been shooting glove side, especially on him uh, in, in in the series. And I thought that was fascinating too. They, maybe they've got they figured out a weakness from tape that you know that he struggles glove side or something. I don't know, but they've been shooting glove side a lot. Well, the biggest reason I think we can all agree at this point because this is from Benjamin Albright at Albright NHL mm. is the reason the Oilers actually lost that game is they pulled, they went empty net instead, 100% of, reason they instead lost of going game. double goalie or I've never advocated for, for double goalie, but I, w- I will, I will find a way to make that happen. Well, you just gotta, um, you gotta, you gotta be ahead of the curve here. Right, everybody else, saying. everybody no, else but is pulling the, the goalie. Pulling the goalie's mistake. It is a mistake at that point. At that point, like, you know, if your opponent touches the puck, it's over. 
And while you get then a don't se- let them. While, while the analytics say you get a 17% advantage in terms of shot on goal, you have a 42% reduction in your ability to win the game because you pulled that and all you have to do is give possession for a second and it's over. I got I got we got to get on some hockey people for you to throw out I'm your I'm a math person and I can tell. <laughs> I don't need hockey people. I'm a math person and I can tell you the math does not add up when pulling the when pulling we the gotta, We got to get it's somebody a desperation on. move. I, it is. I, I acknowledge that. Okay. I thought you would like the aggressive analytics, but you are the opposite of that. You you are more of like, nope, nope. Regardless of what the analytics say, I think the better play is more defense. No, I'm saying that the analytics say don't pull the goalie. The, anal- the, the There are surface analytics that say, oh, you get a 17% boost in terms of the shot. Yeah, you do in terms of shots on goal. And then you lose a 41% chance to actually win the game because you're a four, you're a 41% more likely to be scored on. We're going to get some hockey guys on. They can come I want all you to, they want. I the want math you to run, is unassailable. I want you to run this by. The this. math is inarguable. You <laughs> argue with math. The numbers add up. That's what they add up to. All right. Today... The Broncos practiced. We have some insights on what we saw out at practice. We'll get to that when we come back. But first, let's get a quick check of traffic with Katie Mitchell. Broncos Country Tonight, Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright. Check out broncoscountrytonight.com for our blog, as well as interviews and podcasts. At 6.35, we're going to hear from Nathaniel Hackett, the designer practices. He gave us a really cool blueprint, and I haven't heard it bro- broken down this specific way. We'll explain that coming up at 6.35. 7.05, Nathaniel Hackett's improvement or his assistance in helping Aaron Rodgers out there, the Green Bay Packers, winning back-to-back MVPs. How can he do the same for Russell Wilson? More specifically, what stats will we be looking at? For Russell Wilson to show improvement. That's a 705 tonight. 303-713-8585-56690 is our KOA Centura Health text line. All right, today, Broncos had practice. Now, each time we've had these uh, OTA breakdowns, we've started out with, well, today was an offense day, right? The offense clearly had the better of the day. Oh, the next time it was, well, the defense. Today felt pretty even. Oh, overall, I'd say out there, there's a lot of chirping back and forth. There was kind of a funny moment that when we did our, our breakdown of Broncos TV that you could check out on their YouTube channel, there was a funny moment with Seth Williams. I don't know if you you saw it from your vantage, but uh, there was a, an errant pass that went onto the other field that the defense was practicing, and the secondary was right there. They're like, hey, man, stay out of our drill. Mm-hmm. Stay away from our drill. Like they were just chirping at Seth Williams as he went to collect the ball, mm-hmm. and they were like, it was it was it was in all good fun, but it was very funny and it sort of showed how they feel about each other. Yeah, and then uh, Hackett run the route on on Simmons. And yeah, that was that was pretty. They, they're having fun out there. And again, it's as part of the thing. I mean, you're just, uh, the objective is to get familiarity, but at the same time, I mean, you know, you're having fun out there. You're re, you're reinvigorating, rehabbing, re, getting these guys reinvested and having fun with football. And I think that's part of it. You know, I don't think there's been an error or an attitude of fun, maybe since Kubiak was here, and probably you know. Uh, maybe before that, um, it, it's certainly been a while since these guys have just had. It seemed like they were having fun playing football, and and I think that that's going to go a long way this year. I, I hope that that helps to translate into the on field product. Certainly hope that as well. We'll also get to at six forty five tonight. Just as a little bit of a footnote, the latest with the Broncos ownership. There was a report from Forbes today. We're going to bring some clarity on that. That's coming to six forty five tonight. Okay, so that was it was a small thing, but today highlighted. Right, the first, the last week's practice was highlighted by the pick six, sort of pick six from Pat Sertan, 
uh, today was highlighted by a deep completion to Tim Patrick uh, over Michael Ojemudia. And, and it was cool listening to Nathaniel Hackett. We don't have the get that sound right now, but it was cool listening to Nathaniel Hackett break down that play because a lot of the work today was all stuff in the flats and mm. short. Mm. They, they were trying to work on third down conversions mm. today. So it was get the ball out as fast as possible, get as many yards as you can possibly get. Then you've got compressed windows in that, you know, right. that are to do that. So uh, it is kind of a, a timing and tempo kind of thing you, you and, and getting, making sure people are in the right spots and, you know, how much mustard you need to get the ball there um, and how fast they get to those spots. And it's just a familiarizing drill. It's a, it's a, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to practice and work on. And I think they need to work on specific situational football type stuff. I, re- I really do. This team has struggled in situational football aspects over the last couple of years. And, you know, it's kind of surprising um, when you've got veteran coaches the way the Broncos had the last couple of years that situational football was such a problem. But, you know, here we are. That is uh, That is one of the things that – is weird for me because we know for a fact that a lot of those practices, heck, they were practicing throwing out of bounds in training camp. We know a lot of those practices are geared for very specific situations. Mm-hmm. So why do you struggle with situational awareness when it seems like that's what you harp on all the time? Right, and and that was the thing last year. They were they were practicing a very very specific situation, a fourth down at the end of the game where you know you couldn't just kneel it down. You had to you had to try to maximize getting the maximum number of seconds off the clock and. And they got made fun of for it. And, and you know, they only spent one practice period of one practice on it. But still, it was right in front of the media. And it was kind of it was kind of awkward, embarrassing. And I, I would have saved that for a non-media session just because if you got to practice something like that, the last thing you want is a bunch of dudes making fun of you for throwing out of bounds. But again, you say the situation and, and having the heads up on that. But it's a team that struggles with completions. It's a team that, at that time. It was a team that struggled with having consistency on offense. So practicing something like throwing it out of bounds. Yeah, you're right. It, it drew the the ire and the snark of the media, and, and to a certain extent from the fans that were sitting on the hill. You're mm-hmm. right. There are certain ex- examples, I think. And by the way, Avalanche now on the power board. play goal. Yeah, right off the bat, one nothing early on. What did we, we we took the under though. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Well, they they need six more goals in this game. That's a good point. Uh, six more to tie, seven. The over under. They need yeah. seven to defeat the yes. under. Yes. Yeah. Fair, fair also, enough. both have Edmonton plus one point five. So we're still in play on that. Still in play on that. Yeah. I, I do like that we're working. <laughs> I do like that we're working together on something. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually the first this, time ever. So we're both gonna fail. It's we're, we're both gonna fail equally. But right, and get made fun of tomorrow. I, I don't yes, know where this is. Headed. Of course, today on the offensive line, uh, because we have observations. Graham Glasgow back working in teams. And that was a good sign to see. He was working at guard. Today, man, Natani Moody getting time at both guard positions on the first-team offensive line. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, now, we haven't seen the full complement. Billy Turner's not back out there yet. I mean, you know, Garrett Bowles wasn't out there. So we haven't seen the full complement of offensive linemen. But I keep coming away from these practices saying, Guys that that we need to be talking more about, at least penciling them in on this roster. At least right now, Tony Moody's on that list. Yeah, um, and he I, wasn't before. We've talked about it a little bit before on the show about how he, you know he he seems to mesh well with Hackett, and he's got that uh, the attitude that Hackett likes and, and that kind of stuff, and that may that may help save him because he was probably the odd man out. I mean, if you were uh, if you were you were thinking about it, so I, you know, I I I tend to agree with that. I do think that. Um, that there's a path for him to make this roster. I think that the problem is, is that if he does, who's on the outs? Mm-hmm. Who, who is it that we're assuming that's in that's out? Because there's not room. There's not room to keep that that many. No, and it's the the tough thing is going to be 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Whoever wins right tackle is really intriguing because that could impact somebody else mm-hmm. in more of a swing role. Because we already know Calvin Anderson has the ability to be a swing. Mm-hmm. Ben Braden looks like a guy that could be your swing. Tom Compton is a swing mm-hmm. out there. So you already got all these swing guys. And, and Billy Turner has been a swing at, at different points. Even with the Broncos, he was. Mm-hmm. So you have all these guys with all of this versatility. And you're right. It, depending on who ends up winning the job whether it's right tackle or they consider who ends up winning the job for center, uh, could have a trickle-down effect on guys that we are penciling in on the roster right now. Yeah. Yeah, it really, it really could and will. And so that, that's kind of the thing. It's just like, you know, if, if guys like the Tiny Moody are showing out and they're making the case, are they making the case to make this roster? Are they making the case to get dealt and get some draft picks? Like, that, that has to be the question then. Uh, because, or if they're making the case, um, the, are the phone calls coming in about other people that may be expendable because that guy's going to make the mm-hmm. roster. So we've talked about some possibilities, some offensive linemen getting dealt. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see two offensive linemen get dealt before the start of the season, not not training camp, start of the season. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, wouldn't shock me if it was zero, but it, but it wouldn't surprise me if two of them did. Um, and so it, it's, it is, if, if somebody's getting hyped and somebody's making a name for themselves, all of a sudden it says either the, that the team, you know, is, is blasting the PR and how well they're playing because – um, they want to move that player or they want to start getting inquiries about the player either behind or ahead of them. Yeah, on the text line, 56690, can Moody start a left guard over Reisner? Look, he was getting well, some that's, time today. That, that's kind of what I'm alluding to here. Yep. Is, is, is the team hyping Moody because they're saying, hey, we have this tradable asset that's playing well? Or is the team hyping Moody saying, you know, we got a guy ahead of him that might suddenly be available because this guy's playing well? When we come back, 635, Nathaniel Hackett on the blueprint for practices and why they do the things they do. You're going to want to hear this. Coming up next on 635, it's Broncos Country Tonight. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the eighth wonder of the world. The flow of the century. Oh, it's timeless. Ho! Thanks for coming out tonight. You could have been anywhere in the world. Broncos Country Tonight, Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright, 303-713-8585. That's our phone number, 56690 is our KOA Centura Health text line. Avs are up one nothing over the Edmonton Oilers. About six and a half remaining here in the first period. A couple of close shots here for the Avs. A couple of close shots for the Oilers. But so far, we are at one nothing after Kale McCarr's power play goal. You can hit us up on the iHeartRadio app. Stream the station there, KOA. And click on the microphone. Somebody hit us up earlier at Smitherson NHL. 
Wondering if that's who. That uh, must be it. That was the account. All right. That's, that's where we goofed. Now we know. Yeah. So if David Smitherson wants to hit us up and explain himself on why he thought Darcy Kemper would be starting in net over Frankie, I'd love to hear from him. Maybe David Smitherson would be so inclined. Although I, I have a feeling because he's such a big hockey fan mm-hmm. at Smitherson NHL, he's actually probably really, really into this game tonight. I think he's at the game. That's what I heard. Oh, okay. Up in Canada. Go. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Passport stamped and everything. Definitely not a fake. <laughs> Definitely not a fake. Coming up at 7.05, we'll get into a little bit of how Nathaniel Hackett can specifically help Russell Wilson in a way that he, along with Matt LaFleur, helped Aaron Rodgers. We'll explain the specific stats that they improved. Of course, winning back-to-back MVPs is a pretty obvious one, but there was a couple of stats that, that jumped out uh, that Peter Bukowski uh, put out earlier today. Uh, when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. We'll get to that coming up here at 7.05. 6.45, the latest on the uh, ownership search for the Broncos. We'll tell you what the Forbes article today means, if anything. We'll get into that here in just a few minutes. But Nathaniel Hackett today giving us a little bit of a blueprint on what they're trying to accomplish here during OTA, specifically on today's practice. Here we go. Yes. Uh, so every day we always have kind of the different focuses that we'll work on. Today was field and some third down. And so we'll try to get all the situations in during that time from two minutes of red zone to third down. And right now all our installations are in. So the whole offense, the whole defense, all the special teams it's in. So now all these practices going on uh, that we have are all just about reviewing, understanding, and detailing things up. Because, you know, you throw everything at them. You give them the whole book. You, you do as much as you possibly can. And now we actually uh, truly get to dissect each play and what we're trying to accomplish. Okay, so that, that seemed pretty obvious today. We, we saw in the first OTA practice a few weeks ago, they were out there running a lot of red zone. You know, the, the, whole, the focus of the practice overall was trying to execute in the red zone. Today was the situational, get the ball out super fast, try to accumulate yards. A lot of work to the sidelines today, mm-hmm. a lot of work into the flat. And, and I, I got to thinking as we were watching practice, who benefits the most in that scenario for the Broncos. You go to the starters on offense. Who's going to be the primary target as they're trying to get the quick outs, they're trying to get the quick work? Who do you think benefits the most for that in this offense? Benefits most from quick out practice? Um, Who's the the guy they're going to be looking to the most on those opportunities? Yeah, I think the big guys. I I think you're talking about Cortland and Tim, you know, and and probably comeback routes, sideline stuff. The guys that can use the body to box out and create the maximum amount of space for the quarterback to throw the ball over there. Like, you know, just from a theoretical standpoint. Theoretical or otherwise, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was thinking about the tight ends. I was thinking that this this might be those opportunities. And the shallow out to a tight end is a is a, is almost a guaranteed interception. Um, well, it, the stick routes, is, I mean, you can be more. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're just doing that. But I'm, t- I'm talking about if you're running sideline, just sideline stuff. Just sideline, Like, okay. if you're talking about sideline stuff, like a shallow out to the tight end is a loser route. Ask, uh, ask Matt Schaub about that when Gary Kubiak kept running that bleeper. Um you know that last year, that last year for Shaw, but he just didn't have the arm anymore. Kept throwing picks. Like not that Russ has a stronger arm than Matt Shaw did at that point, certainly, and, and stronger arm than Shaw did overall. But um, it's a it's a loser route. I mean, if you don't have it perfect, it is a loser. Well, one of the routes I like that I think we're going to see more of than people are willing to admit right now is Andrew Beck coming out of the the fullback. Wouldn't into be surprised. The, into the flat. Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised to see him in kind of an H back role. You run a stick with the tight end, and then uh, he yep. runs at shallow flat. Uh, flair or whatever out there. Um, and got you, pretty and good you gotta, hands. And you got like, yeah, he does. And then you got a, a wide receiver clearing out underneath, yep. so that you know, so that he can get for short yardage gains. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Um, 
Yeah, he, he could be a beneficiary of that. I I just you know the shallow out anything again. What what's the what's the reward for all that risk? That's why I hate it. I hate when I hate seeing people throw it because I'm like there's there's nil reward, like three yards, you know, versus the the risk, which is high risk for interception or you know turnover. Here was the this is a second cut for Hackett on Tim Patrick's deep reception today that actually got Nathaniel Hackett jumping up and down. He was so excited about it. Here's uh, what he had to say about it. Uh, you know, it was funny. We uh, changed the script a little bit, decided to call uh, call something different. Wanted to throw the ball a little bit because Adrian was starting to pressure us some, so we mixed it up a little bit. And uh, it was great because it was a little check on that play. So I think it wasn't just the play that it was, but it was also the check that Russell got to. Um, it was, he was very sneaky, too, so I didn't know it was coming, and I was a little nervous, thought he was going to progress, and I look up, and the ball's going, and Tim ran a beautiful route, so that, that was awesome. For what it's worth... And I mean this with all due respect. I mean all due respect. Tim had to wait on that ball just a bit. Russ uh, Russ has a good arm. It's never been one of the top ones in the NFL in terms of arm strength. I mean, he can get the ball down the field plenty, but it's never been one that he's throwing, you know, that he's throwing through a brick wall. I mean, mm-hmm. on the radar gun, if I remember correctly, on the radar gun at the combine, I think he was 55 miles an hour, maybe 56. Now, I have to go back and look. Maybe it was a little more than that, but he wasn't the top tier, you know, 59, 60 miles an hour on the gun. Um, you know, the Josh Allens of the world, that kind of stuff. He wasn't on there. He, he's always had a good arm, don't get me wrong. Well, he's got great ball placement on his deep passes. Yeah. He, he puts the ball, he drops the ball in a bucket and all that kind of and stuff. And he gave but, Tim Patrick a chance at it. Yeah. And and Tim Patrick had beat Michael Ojemudia. Mm-hmm. That was the thing is, is he could have put a little more air under it. But then again, maybe that's a little bit of the timing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I didn't notice very much today, we had talked about it over the previous practices, was throwing the passes behind the receivers. I didn't see a lot of that today. Like even with that ball being slowed up a little bit for Tim Patrick, he still gave him a chance at it, and he had beat Michael Ojemudia. Now that isn't to say Michael Ojemudia had bad coverage. In fact, Michael Ojemudia was right there. This was a better play by Tim Patrick, and you heard him, Nathaniel Hackett, talking about there just a moment ago that this was a great play by Patrick. Mm-hmm. Patrick was very aggressive to the ball, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that for Russell Wilson. He's got different kinds of receivers. I and mean, we, we've already notated that multiple times. We're talking about KJ Hamler and his speed, Jerry Judy with his quicks. But you got two contested catch guys mm-hmm. that are going to be so aggressive to the ball in Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick. And, and he had one of those guys with DK Metcalf, but Tyler Lockett wasn't always that guy. Yeah. No, he wasn't. Um, and, you know, honestly, the, the evolution of the Seahawks offense has changed as Russ has kind of made his living on those kinds of things. The different receivers they had over the years weren't necessarily those type guys. You go back and look. I mean, like we talked about Doug Baldwin for a minute there. Uh, some of the guys that they've had were just more big body possession guys. Tyler Lockett came along later and he, you know, he, he was a burner. You know, it's a, he was strictly a burner. He became a possession guy for him for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then you had DK, who was, it was just different, other world in terms of height, weight, speed, and all that kind of stuff. He's a little stiffer in the hips than, than Lockett is. But, um, you know, DK, they, they, they're just different skill sets. And, and, and I think the Broncos and the four that they've got, the big four, I think they've got some other skill sets beyond it. But the big four that they've got, I think that they're just complementary skill sets and, and something Russ hasn't had all on the field at the same time. Indeed. We'll come back to Nathaniel Hackett and more insights from practice in the 7 o'clock hour. But right now, let's get a check of traffic with Katie Mitchell. Earlier today, Forbes put out an article, and here is how it is titled. Rob Walton, an heir to the Walmart fortune, will win the bidding for the Denver Broncos at about $4.5 billion. 
several sports bankers told Forbes. The winning bid is expected to be announced as early as this month. So uh, the way it's, they framed this. Yeah, they framed it as we're reporting something. Yes. But really what they're saying is several sports bankers speculated to them. Right. Right. And, and if you read the article, that's exactly what it says. Right. But right. the way this says is he's going to win the bidding at around $4.5 So today, I mean, and, and understandably the way this is being reported, a lot of Broncos fans immediately took Twitter being like, okay, there we go. This is it. Because we knew today was the, the opportunity for the second bid to come in. Mm -hmm. and, and it may not even be, as I understand, it may even be the final bid. We, we, it might be, but we there also might, might one more see round of another round of bidding. There might be. So, okay. So first of all, like everything, and if you listen to the show at any length of time, you, you know that this is how we always do things. When stuff like this comes out, mm -hmm. the first thought is like, okay, well, why is this out there? <laughs> So like, right. like when, I, when I woke up and saw this, I was like, well, I know for a fact the Broncos didn't put this out there because mm. the, why would they want? And in fact, the me, the, as soon as this came out, you had all the Broncos reporters. Well, I say, the, the, yeah, I got a call. I got a call. You yeah. know, like, hey, this is, you know, I got a call. Hey, this is not true. If you want to, you know. Right. And, yeah, and we all get to, we all get the same call. Yes. And so uh, understanding the Broncos have been very, very adamant that this appear the entire time on the level, mm. that it never feels like one is favored over the other, even though. Everybody else is talking about this. Well, you and I, we, like, let's, let's be honest here. Let's, let's just go all the way back to February when we told you it was going to be Rob Walton and a $4.5 billion. So it, this is not new information to anybody. That's a, and that is the expectation. The expectation is that Rob Walton's probably going to win this thing, and the sale price is going to be about $4.5 billion. It's, that's what we've told you since uh, February. What are we in now, June? Mm -hmm. that's, that's what we've been telling you. Um, that said, the bidding isn't done. They were still taking bids till what, 4 o'clock today? Yep. Um <laughs> So this coming out right now, when it obviously didn't come from the team, this is the second time that we've seen information favorable to one particular person get leaked out there. Yeah, because we saw, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, when the $5 billion Yeah, when the, the price tag was now going to be north of $5 billion and all yes. that kind of stuff. I'm like, wait like, a minute, who does that's, this that's, not, that's not, yeah. So just just know that. It could get there, but it isn't there now. When When stuff like this comes out, who does it benefit? Who does it benefit? That it should be one of the first questions you always ask yourself because mm -hmm. sometimes it is the team, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes these things come out there that way they, the team can have some cover. Like if it's a a contract negotiation with a player that isn't going very well, mm -hmm. maybe something gets leaked out of like, hey, we offered everything we could possibly offer, mm -hmm. and then and then that way public sentiment swings to the 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 fans go, oh well, listen, the team gave this guy a very reasonable offer, mm -hmm. and then the players like, this is ridiculous. You're not mm -hmm. even negotiating in good faith. You're putting this out in the the, the public sphere. Mm -hmm. This case, not coming from the Broncos, it's very clear, in my opinion, where this is coming from. But again, understanding this is part of the gamesmanship of this process. Well, yeah, you don't want to spend more than you have to spend. Exactly. So if you're Rob Walton, you leak out a couple of months ago, it's going to take north of five billion to sweat out the people that are light on the money or are, are close. Mm -hmm. Sweat, get them out of the picture. Now you're down to what? Yourself and two, maybe three other suitors at that point. Um, and then, you and know, wouldn't it be great if you could only spend four, five, four, yeah, four yeah, point five saying, billion? And then you get down now, and you're saying, "Well, I, Rob's going to win it at four point five. You know, you've you've reset the thing. Are they going to are they going to get in there and bid that? What are they going to bid? And the and the idea here is, you know, save yourself a a half a billion dollars. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of money. And if you can save yourself that kind of money and then pour that into the team, I mean, that's, you know, more power to you. So I, if you're a Broncos fan, you actually should probably appreciate the gamesmanship here. Uh, that said, you know. It, when you're examining information, who does it benefit? Always go with who does this benefit first, and 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 you can pretty clearly figure out what's going on here. Um, 
<laughs> I, I I find it amusing. I, I thought the whole thing was amusing as far as that kind of stuff goes. I just I find it I find it fascinating. I, the one thing I didn't like was that Forbes reported this as if it was. And Forbes is not Forbes anymore, by the way. Forbes is like Sports Illustrated, where it's not mm-hmm. Sports Illustrated anymore. Um, it's you know a content aggregation farm, right? Um, and, and they have contractors that that do stuff that aren't actual you know necessarily reporters and all that kind of stuff. And there are people that do work for Sports Illustrated now that are good people. You yes, know, of our, course. Our friends over at Mile High Huddle, their their, their stuff gets you know, picked up and put on there all the time. They're good people. Uh, but that said, uh, it's not the same thing. And, and I think it's an important distinction because, uh, you know, what Forbes put out there is really not accurate. They are, they, they framed it in such a way that you were going to take it one way, but the reality is, is they weren't actually saying anything. They were saying, Hey, some bankers told us it's probably going to be Rob. Well, we've been telling you it's probably going to be Rob since, you know, Rob Walton since February. Like, this is not new. Deductive reasoning at this point. Yeah. The fact that he has more money than all the other groups combined should should kind of help you. Yeah. Um, and he wouldn't be involved, this involved in the process if he didn't want to spend. So, But in the end, Broncos fans just want to know who it's going to be. Like, I, I don't know. And you'll, you'll know by, like I said, we'll, we'll probably know by the end of this month. We've talked about June. Is the, We're, we're going to know by the end of June anyway. Yeah. Um, you'll know who it's going to be by the end of this month. I, I, I would, I'll bet you a steak dinner on it. How about that? That doesn't help me any. Right. Like, at all. Yeah. I, I just, but know. but I appreciate. Well, we could we could we could get some bananas or something out of that because I mean I, I I certainly um, have been hit up a lot about bananas recently. I I don't know where we are going to find disgustingly underripe bananas for you though. Oh, I could I could I could. I'm sure you could. <laughs> <laughs> disgustingly underripe. You're funny. Anyways, so and I saw your tweet about you didn't like how it was framed. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm getting a lot of questions. I get questions from people about. So let's. You play it forward as if, okay, what if it ends up being Rob Walden? And what is he going to want to do? What's, like, the first thing on his docket to get done? Is it, like, hey, i got to work on a new stadium? Am I building my own version of Jerry's World kind of thing at some place, either north of Denver or east of Denver? Like, it, it seems to me... Do you think that those things aren't already on their docket? Stan Kroenke had already gone out and surveyed the land in L.A. before he even bought the Rams. Yes. Like, he'd already got the the land in Los Angeles before he'd even bought the Rams. That project had been in play since, what, 2008, yeah. I think it was, that, that, that they, you know, they, they got the wheels turning. Um, has has Rob Walton, Greg Penner, or Rob Walton's son, Ben Walton, uh, bought land in, in Colorado? Yes, they have. Yes, they've bought several land in several locations in Colorado. Um, would there potentially be a new stadium at a new site? That is very possible. I'm not going to say probable, but I will say possible. We'll see. Or Steve would say, we'll see. Mm -hmm. But it seems like, and this is the reason why I'm okay with really kind of any one of these guys. Mm -hmm. And there was also a report from my Cliss that uh, they'd all reached out, all the different ownership groups have reached out to Peyton Manning Mm -hmm. about some kind of role. We've talked about that already on this program too. Peyton Manning was was sitting back and waiting for, he was not joining officially an ownership group because he was sitting back to wait for the winner and go from there, which is, is smart. Let the other people duke it out and then I'll just hop on board their group. Makes sense. Would Peyton Manning then want, I mean, an advisory role? At that Peyton point, Manning is not going to take a passive role, and you know that. Yeah, like we all know that. Peyton Manning is not a passive. Is that guy. bad? Is it bad news for George Payton? I don't think so. I don't. I, I think someone like Peyton Manning would recognize George Payton's acumen. I think Peyton would put himself more in the Joe Ellis role. You know, I think he would be. I think Peyton would probably be a little less on the business side, like Ellis, and a little more on the football side. I think he. The buck would stop with him. I think he would review George Payton's performance. Whew. You know, but. Um, it I shifts things a little bit. Maybe. 
you know, we'll see, we'd have to see what, what that role is. But speculating, I would say that Peyton Manning wants to be in charge of things. That's what he's used to. And I cannot see him taking some kind of passive, perfunctory, or uh, title-only type role. Yeah. Celebratory. Statesman-like. Right, statesman. Ambassador, if you will. <laughs> All right, coming up next at 7.05. Specifically, how can Nathaniel Hackett help a stat for Russell Wilson? We'll get to it. We'll explain it next right here at 7.05 of Broncos Country Tonight. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.